Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode of the Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, Pella, they're day one, man. They're they're. they're Day one homies for the Nick Bob podcast. They've been with me from day one. And, you know, not only is Pella a great company, they got great people there. I went to school with my guy, Vince, just a great dude. They're the kind of people you want to do business with. And if you've pushed off a project with some windows or some doors, something like that, now is the time to turn that project into a reality. Because we all know a new set of windows, a new door can do a lot of things for you. can change the look, the vibe, the feeling of your home. It can add value to your home. Plus, it can make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. Pella can provide window and door solutions to any home. And again, working with the people at Pella, second to none. So hit them up online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob podcast is powered by Runza. Runza has an app and you need to download that app because as a father of two little kids, anything that can increase speed and efficiency when it comes to eating, I'm all for it. And the app does that. I can order food on the app, pop into the restaurant. It's ready for me. It's hot. I'm in. I'm out. I'm now like a finalist for dad of the year or something like that. And it's in large part due to the Runza app and ordering is a breeze on the app. You can customize your order. You can get all your favorites just the way you want them. Plus, you can earn points for rewards in the app. You can score free food from Runza in the app. So go download the Runza app. You can get Runza, get rewards, then get more Runza all on the app. Runza makes it all better. All right, on the line now, Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Uh, We are recording this. It is a stormy Sunday afternoon, October 24th. Nebraska's uh, Saturday bye week uh, is in the rearview mirror now. Did you plop down, Mitch, and just watch a whole bunch of college football yesterday with no Nebraska football media duties, or how did you approach your your bye? Yeah, I I picked my spots, Nick. Uh, Good to to, uh, visit with you again. Um, You know, had some... uh, responsibilities at home and it's good that I did it on Saturday since they were uh, outside of the house and I wouldn't have uh, <laughs> yeah. wanted to be out in this this uh, torrential downpour that wouldn't have worked to mow the yard so no. um, in between those uh, those moments and then as the afternoon went along for sure I watched a lot of football um, got to uh, my 10 uh, year old son's basketball game last night so good Saturday and you know it's it's always it's always um, interesting to watch college games in the in the context of like what's happening in Nebraska's season. So I mean, it's almost even if you try not to look at it that way. Um, w- w- for me, at least, spending every other week around the Huskers, it's like, oh, you know, look at Iowa State. You know, right. look at Kansas State. Right. Look at Wisconsin and, you know, the trajectory of its season. So, um, 
you know, in some cases, it, it, it some off weeks, it might shine a, a positive light on Nebraska or a negative light on Nebraska. But um, I did find myself as I went through that college football Saturday, you know, thinking a lot about where that, how that uh, this or that would compare to uh, the Huskers. Totally. I mean, it's always, it's, it's always top of mind and, you know, trajectory is a good word to, to kind of springboard us here into the conversation with Nebraska because Mitch, maybe I'm projecting too much of my own thoughts onto the entire situation and how everyone kind of feels, but it, it it's, the season has kind of felt like the Illinois game happened and everyone was not feeling good after that that Illinois debacle. And it then, did happen. Yeah. It, it did happen. It was <laughs> Despite bad. Despite what some people may, may wish, it did happen. <laughs> but, but it does kind of feel like each week that it passed from that Illinois game, even though there were losses in the midst of that, Michigan State on the road, Oklahoma, Michigan, there, there had, it kind of felt like, at least to me, there had been some improvement and some progress being made. Where in my mind, I was kind of like, well, listen, they just lost to three top 10 teams. The Northwestern blowout kind of helped solidify the progress that I had felt like I had been seeing. And then all of a sudden, this Minnesota game happens, and it feels like we're right back to where we started, how everyone felt after the Illinois game, where I think everyone, it feels like that maybe some of the progress that they thought they had seen was erased or nullified, or it makes them question whether or not there was progress. I know it's a long-winded thing I just threw at you there, but take me into your mind and give me a snapshot with how you've kind of processed this season so far. I think in a similar way, Illinois, um, you know, Nebraska set a low bar there. Yeah. So the task to improve from that week zero game was not as difficult as it would have been if, if, uh, you know, it, it had been a more desirable outcome for the Huskers. You know, if they go out and play like they should win that game by two or three scores, then, you know, I think it's more difficult to go week one, week two, week three and see progress all the way, but that would be a much better, um, you know, a much, a much better uh, road to have to travel. Um, when you start as low as Nebraska did on the progress meter, it becomes uh, more manageable to to show that progress. And they they played better against Fordham, better against Buffalo, better yet against Oklahoma to the point where in those in those um, third and fourth games, I think you start to saw some you started to see some signs of a good team. Uh, and then you know same thing as Nebraska went to Michigan State, and then when it came home, obviously they were clicking on all cylinders against Northwestern. The Michigan game it was disappointing, but a lot of reasons to be encouraged with the way, the way that Nebraska competed in that game. And then Minnesota was like, um, all right, several steps back. Yeah. Um, and you know you can't have progress you're not gonna have progress every week. Um, I mean you're not gonna get better every week from week zero through the 12th or 13th week of the year, but you don't want to see a team, especially one that's three and four going into that game, take a, a, a notable step back um, in the middle of October. And that's, that's what happened. So it puts them just in a, in a, obviously a really tough spot going right. into these last four games. How do you, I, I think we've all been kind of living in this world where we're trying to, to make sense of the reality of that. You can make progress in a loss I don't want to use that M word, the moral victory card, even though yeah. that's kind of what that is. But there's a reality that you can make progress even in a loss. But with also the reality that this is freaking year four and you got to start winning games. There's kind of been an interesting divide amongst 
conversations with Nebraska fans where some people don't want to hear it, don't want to hear about close and almost and, they're, they're, man, they're getting better because they're not winning. And then there's some people that, that want to get into kind of the, the minutia of, of the details of that conversation. How have you sorted that out in your head? Well, one thing I take into consideration is what the roster looks like and, you know, where this projects for the future, because I think, you know, in much the same way, if this was year one and Nebraska had three single digit losses, one score losses to top 10 teams. And you can, you know, I think we can debate, you see Oklahoma yesterday and we can debate and go, well, how good is Oklahoma Mm -hmm. or, you know, Michigan in Michigan state, I think at times, despite being undefeated, they're all undefeated, but despite being undefeated, um, you know, there, there are times where I think it's easy to question whether that's, you know, really a, a, a dominant team. And, and I think the season will prove out and they're, 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 those two, or they're not going to be, they're going to be 12 and 0. Uh, I think they're both going to lose to Ohio state. You know, one of them is, is going to lose next week when those two teams play, but Hey, this is, this is 2021. You know, you're not comparing, uh, uh, 2021 Michigan to 2000 seven Michigan or 2008, whatever this is, this is the, the season that it is. And you have to go by the results that you've seen. And so I'm, I, I kind of stay away from the, well, it's not a vintage, um, you know, yeah. classic undefeated yeah. Michigan team. I'm, I'm okay with, with, um, you know, seeing some positives from a, um, a three point loss to an undefeated Michigan team. But I also look at it like, yeah, it's it's um, the the condition that the roster is in, and the condition that I project the Nebraska roster to be in. Because if you're if you're losing close games, the benefit or the I think the understood benefit from that is okay. Now just take another small step, and you can potentially turn those close losses into close wins. And you know I don't know, um, Nick, if you know if everything is is um, is status quo, and you know there's not. Um, big changes afoot with this coaching staff uh, five weeks from now, and they bring this they bring this team back. You know, just the way that rosters move now because of of the transfer portal and because of who Nebraska is set to lose, um, especially on defense in the in the senior class and in the in the junior class. That you know, guys who were in their fifth year. Um, you know, I, I think I think that the argument loses a little bit of steam about the close losses when you when you really stop and look at what kind of condition the roster might be in next year. And part of it has to do with the, um, you know, the lack of energy that Nebraska has right now in, in, in recruiting for 2022. That could change. You know, Nebraska may hit the transfer portal like like Michigan State did after this season, um, like Michigan State did a year ago and, uh, you know, and find their Kenneth Walker. Um, but that's that's a. Uh, that's a tough, um, you know, we've, we've already seen like how tran- how an, a huge influx or a big influx of transfers uh, and relying on those guys can, can be detrimental to this offense. And if you have to rely on that next year to build that roster up um, just to get back to the point where you were this year, then right. you know, that's, I think that's kind of an ominous sign. And, and I take the, um, you know, the close losses with a little bit more, um, you know, I, they're they're a little bit tougher to swallow, I think, because of the way that next year could potentially look. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go onto Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that 
has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. You know, that's a good point because that's something that I've been wrestling in my mind with as well of kind of just the sobering and frustrating reality that you, the, you peak to next year and you could lose Martinez, you could lose a lot on defense and you feel like mm-hmm. both sides of the ball kind of take a step back. And then you, so then you go, well, where, where is everything at then? You know, because it, like you said, I mean, you can make those close losses, but eventually you got to start winning games. And I don't know if the roster, if, if, if guys leave that we think could leave, it, it sets up to take a big step next year, but I don't know. I mean, each year, unforeseen things happen with with teams as you pointed out with Michigan State so it's it's a weird feeling of like yeah you got to keep it together because you got to you got to keep the continuity because it'll it'll come and then you kind of peek and go well actually next year it could be kind of a I don't want to call it a rebuilding year but it kind of could be hmm. I think that's going to be a uh, you know an emerging storyline as we get into November and you know even if Nebraska is still playing for something if it's still playing for bowl eligibility well into the month of November there's going to be more and more eyes that turn toward um the the recruiting class for one mm-hmm. and it's uh you know it's it's not great right now for Nebraska and and Scott Frost is is recently on record um as you know going into more detail about the plan to take fewer freshmen with this with this um this class of newcomers um, and, you know, he's got to spin it the way that he's going to spin it and say that we're going to go with more transfers because we feel like we're really close. And well, I mean, they're really close this year to winning games. There's no there's no doubt about that. But are they really close next year to having the roster that they need to have to, to be a winning team in the Big Ten? I, I don't know. Um, I, and I don't I don't necessarily think the answer is a resounding yes because of some of the guys that you mentioned, like Martinez, you know, like Damian Daniels on the defensive side, like Austin Allen, um, Cam Taylor Britt obviously has mm-hmm. a decision to make. And I think we have a sense of where that's going to go. You know, Omar Manning, um, these are all guys in their fifth year as juniors. There are, and there are more who are impact players on this team. And I don't see a lot of them maybe I'll be surprised. And, you know, if you'd have told me that all the guys were going to come back on defense who did this year, um, a, a year ago, r- right now, I, I don't, I would have been surprised at that. So maybe I'll be surprised again and they'll retain a ton of those guys as sixth year seniors again. Um, but remember that they all count as toward the 85 man limit, um, where, where they, they don't this year, um, because of, because of COVID. So there's just a lot of complexities. There's yes. more complexities yep. in, in putting a roster together for a coaching staff right now than, than, you know, really have, have existed in a long time in college football. So Mitch, let's zoom way out for a second. And I'm going to ask you just a, I don't know, and a pretty point blank question. Is Scott Frost coaching for his job in these last four games? I, I don't, <laughs> it's hard to answer. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily believe that the answer is yes. Um, but then, if you ask me what I think is going to happen if this team goes three and nine, um, you know, I can't say that I have a lot of confidence that Trev Alberts is going to make the decision to, 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 to bring it back. Right. Um, but he might, he might, you know, Trev may have decided 
when he took over in July that he was looking at a, at a two-year plan and he was going to have a two-year evaluation um, basically no matter what happened. Uh, and if that's the case, then, then, then Frost is absolutely not coaching for his job over these, these next four games. But uh, if, if, if Alberts went into it with something different in, in his mind, um, you know, we do know, we do know, and, and a, a difference with Trev than all of his predecessors going back the last two decades is that he uh, he wants to remove from the equation what happened before he got here. Yes, and that's that's different than Steve Peterson or you know Tom Osborne in '07 or um, Sean Eichhorst or or Bill Moose. You know that that all of those the the past mattered to those guys and. Um, you know, I don't think you can completely take it out, but, you know, Trev has said that he doesn't, he's not worried about what happened um, for the three years before he, he arrived and that he wants to evaluate this thing for what it is with him in charge, with his, um, you know, his system, his style of leadership uh, running the department. And it's different than Bill Moose's for sure. So um, with that in mind, can you make a full evaluation entirely based on uh, six months or five months. And, you know, he may not feel that the answer is yes, no matter what happens on the field. Right. Um, and, and I just don't know because he hasn't, he hasn't said he hasn't, he hasn't, uh, you know, he, I don't think he will answer that question before, you know, we find out, uh, you know, what happens. And it may, it may be a moot point if Nebraska goes out and plays really well over totally. the next four games, there may not be a decision to make. See, and that's what's so weird about it is like, I, is there a world in which Nebraska doesn't win another game? Absolutely. Is there mm-hmm. a world in which and and you people might roll their eyes at this. Is there a world in which they go 3 and 1 and and beat everybody but Ohio State? I don't mm-hmm. see why not necessarily. I mean, there's probably no evidence that shows that they could do that, but at the same time, as much as people hate to hear this, they are close to winning a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. And so it's weird because you pointed it out. If you listen to what what Trevis said, he is kind of treating this like year one, but I also think like, man, if you go three and nine in year four with four straight losing seasons, your your program's momentum is basically gone. And when you lose all momentum, that's a horrible place to be in. So I don't know. I, I don't. I it's you try to you you try to read between the lines of what Trevis said when he's kind of discussed Frost in the program, but there's also just a harsh reality of like. If they are three and nine, man, is that a hard situation to try to 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 try to spin in a lot of ways? And this comes from someone that I like Frost, and I think if you listen to me and my pod, like I want it, I want it to work with Frost really bad, and I'm pulling for the dude really bad. I think just about everybody around here wants it to work. I mean, r- really? I mean, yeah. media, uh, you know, there there are you know, certain aspects of professionalism, you know, where you don't get up and root for a player or a team or a coach. I mean, you root for, root for a player. Sure. It's a great story, whatever. But, um, but at the same time, I mean, we're all tired of the, of the, you know, the, the, the revolving door. Um, it would be great to have a program to follow. Sometimes I think, you know, and I don't want to take this down the road of like the media's perspective, but I some, sometimes like this is based more on like Twitter, Twitter interactions, I think some, some fans fail to realize that like, Hey, the people who cover the team around here, you know, we live here too. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we experience this like all of you do too. And I'm around it. Like, you know, 
almost every day. It gets tiresome to have the same discussions year after year and season after season, game after game. It would be great to have some continuity and some success and, you know, a, a prospering team to cover. You know, I made the comment after the Iowa State game yesterday, when you see Iowa State just execute flawlessly in the second half and beat a top 10 team. And I understand Iowa State was favored to win that game against unbeaten Oklahoma State, but still it's a, it's a, it's a big win and the fans get to celebrate and run on the field and, and, you know, they're playing uh, the party music, they're playing sweet Caroline, right. and, you know, at Jack Tri stadium after it's like, wow, that'd be, that'd be really cool to see that at Memorial stadium. And I'm not, and I don't have a, I don't have a, like a, emotional stake in it you know officially mm-hmm. i guess unofficially i do it's just you just how do you not right. when you're when no, you're around you're saying, this thing, right um in the in this in the sense that i am and you know some some responses like you know shut up mitch you know quit rubbing <laughs> salt moon it's like that's not what i'm doing here you know i'm right. i'm saying like it would be it would be cool to be able to see that at memorial stadium um, and I don't know where this question started and my answer veered way off. I didn't track, even really but, ask you a question. This was my yeah, fault. It's, that is, it's, um, right. it's, it's tough. It's it tough, uh, to, to, to see, um, you know, week after week, uh, kind of go the way that they have at Nebraska, you know, and this year's been, this year's been, uh, a, a struggle in that, in that sense. I, I, I don't know. This is probably like ramming this thought in that doesn't need to get rammed in. But I, in all that we're talking about, and you just think about all these data points and these opportunities to earn the the trust and the patience of the fan base, or you know that spark. Remember how Frost has talked about we need a spark. We got to you know we got to. He's talked a lot about that of like we need mm-hmm. a good thing to happen and then boom. I, I get that this that last year's bowl game was a really really layered, nuanced decision with a lot into it. Martinez might not even have been able to, been able to play because of his health. It was at the end of a it, of a very difficult COVID season with all this stuff. I get all that, but man, I, I, I look at situations like they're in right now and I look back on that, that decision to not go into a bowl game and I just thought it was... Sh- I, I didn't like it at the time. I don't like it even more now because how bad do you wish you had a bowl game? I mean, who, who mm-hmm. who's to say you don't go play in a bowl game and play really well and it's your Foster Farms Bowl of 2015 and it propels you into the season or whatever. Like, this program needs any good positive vibes it can get, and they had an opportunity to play a game, and they chose not to. And I still – I, I get that the, you know the past is the past, but that that's a decision that I that still doesn't sit with me very well. Yeah, I was okay with it in the moment. I was, um, and maybe it was because I was tired myself of of the <laughs> right? of the grind break. of the season. You know, of the Zoom calls and and uh, everything that that was so unique about and, and unique is a nice word a way to phrase it um, <laughs> about last season. Um, I was, you know, I, I think I empathized with the players who didn't want to play. And there was definitely a group, uh, you know, I think it was more on the offensive side. Otherwise the vote wouldn't have gone the way that it did. Um, who, who, who didn't want to play another game. And I, they didn't, they, what they didn't want, it wasn't necessarily that they didn't want another 60 minutes of football. It was that they didn't want another, um, you know, a couple of weeks and it actually may not have even been that much that, that Rutgers game was on December 18th. And, you know, with as, as low tier of a bowl game as Nebraska was looking at, it may have been like a turnaround of a week or, or right around a week before they played again. Um, so you wouldn't have had any of the kind of bowl experience. You'd probably been, been flying into some, um, you know, second rate site on, on the day, day before the game or the day of the game. Um, so I, you know, I, I understood the reasoning and, and I didn't have an issue with it. Um, I also understand what you're saying about needing a spark. And the thing that I 
dislike about it, that, about that moment in that snapshot in the trajectory of this program is that it was put to a team vote. I, I, I don't, and I know, I know Frost is a, is a, a player's coach mm-hmm. as, as people describe it, but I think that's a coach's in an administrative decision. Agree. And I, and, and I don't think, um, you know, this is probably impossible to prove. I do not think if Trev Alberts was in charge of the athletic department a year ago, that it, that would happen. I think Nebraska would have played in the bowl game. Right. Right. Totally agree. The Nick Bob podcast is powered by Runza. You know, life is about great combinations. Jay-Z and Beyonce, me and Dana Altman, Dre and Snoop, Adrian Martinez and Austin Allen. Great combinations make life better. And the legendary combination of chili and cinnamon rolls is back at Runza. Runza's homemade chili with real ingredients combined with the sweet deliciousness of cinnamon rolls. It just doesn't get any better than that combination right there. As a lifelong Nebraskan, I've grown up having chili and cinnamon rolls. So it's it's a way of life for me, man. And Runza's chili and cinnamon rolls really symbolize the fall football season. And as that weather starts to get a little chilly, you know it's time to go get some chili. And cinnamon rolls from Runza. Nothing better than on a cool fall day having a nice warm cup of chili from Runza. Mm, mm, mm. This legendary combination is only available for a limited time, so you know what you need to do. You need to get out to Runza today and get your homemade chili and cinnamon rolls game right. Runza makes it all better. I want to talk about Adrian Martinez because it's a – uh, it's it's weird because he is he's Nebraska's best player. He's their most important player. He's the main reason Nebraska has a chance to win a lot of these games that they're playing. But he's also consistently not coming through in big moments to to win these games. I I really like Adrian Martinez. I think he's super talented, but he's a it's a fascinating guy to kind of analyze in that regard. How do you make sense of Adrian Martinez when you think about how talented he is, how good he is, how important he is to these to these to this team, and then what we've seen in the in the fourth quarters of some of these big games. I mean, I should be asking you, can you teach clutch? Like, I mean, is that something you can teach? I mean, from to the, from the guy who never missed a free throw. Like, how do you teach that? How do you I mean, it's not just all about practice. Um, you know, you don't you don't it's hard to practice being clutch is what I'm saying because yeah. you don't you can't simulate that moment inside the the Hawks championship center. So that that's that's what it comes down to with Martinez because he's a phenomenal talent. He's a transcendent kind of kind of player. Um it just just with his his skill and um the 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 kind of leader that he is, the kind of person that he is. It's all just like at the at the top. And then you get him in these moments when games are on the line and you know in the past it's been more with Adrian before this season. It's been more like he wasn't quite doing the things to put Nebraska over the top. There were some examples from his freshman year that gave you a lot of hope because it looked like he was moving toward that. I mean, even uh, the Iowa game, his his freshman year where he drove Nebraska down and they scored and they got the two-point conversion. And then, you know, it was in the hands of the defense and Iowa kicked a field goal to win. So that's not Adrian's fault at all. You look at that and you say, yeah, this guy's kind of got that that it factor um, this year, it's going the opposite way. It's not only is Martinez in, in these moments that matter, not only is he, he not making the plays that Nebraska needs from its 
fourth year starting quarterback and leader, you know, he's making the plays that they can't have right. the, the fumble um, against Michigan, the, the, the interception in overtime uh, against Michigan state, taking the safety against Minnesota um, on the, and on the fourth, the, the fourth drive yep. with an opportunity to take the lead in the second half. Those are, you know, th- those are the opposite of clutch. And I don't know how you teach somebody not to make those kind of plays. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, since you kind of flipped it on me there, I was trying to, th- I mean, I think like, I'd be curious because I think all this comes back to confidence in these mm-hmm. moments. And the only way you acquire the confidence is having been in these moments and had success. And there's mm-hmm. no other way around it. Like you said, you can't do it. In, and I'm talking in a game, not in a practice, not in a simulated you know, environment uh, when you're doing seven on seven or anything like that. I'd be curious to examine his entire athletic career. I'm talking like youth football, youth basketball, high school basketball, high school football. Did he win? What was he like in big games? What happened in the fourth quarter of an eighth grade football game? What happened when it was a tie game when he was playing freshman basketball and he got the ball with a minute left? Like, could he... Because I know for me, like that's where you 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 can't wait. Like in some ways, I I I couldn't wait for a big moment because I'm like, okay, this is great. I get to be the hero. Like I've done this mm-hmm. before. I get to do it again, and it's great. There's nothing better than coming through in a big spot. So I just I don't know. I wonder. I because it's it's clearly and and not all this, not all the five and seventeen in record and one score games is all on Martinez, but there clearly is something systemic with Nebraska and Martinez as a whole over the past, you know, four years here of not coming through in big moments. And a lot of it for the collective and the individual comes back to confidence and consistently not coming through. I think we should uh, acquire some film from his uh, middle school uh, football games. Give it to uh, me. (laughs) Give it to me. I mean, like talk about, uh, talk about like the overboard on the analysis. Like let's, let's go look at him as a fourth grade basketball player. I I mean, Hey, like I get what you're saying. And I think I see that with kids, you know, my my kids are 10 and 15 and play sports. And I definitely see, you know, some of those kids who have that it and they're the guy, there are some guys when it's, it's the, the last out of the last inning and you got two runners on base and you're down run one, I don't care if you're 10 years old or you're 38, you know, or if you're Tom Brady and you're 58, there there are some people that you want to be at bat in that situation, no matter how old they are and how experienced they are. And there are some people who you don't, and you know who those, those guys and girls are from a young age. So I, I do think that it's stupid what we're saying, but it's real at the same time. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and, And it's, it's not fair to put it all on Adrian. Not at all. Because it is because it isn't all him. Those moments are not all him. Like in specifically the um let's look at the at the Michigan State, the overtime pick that he threw that, you know, basically put a nail in that game. It first of all, they're not in that situation, if not right. for the terrible punt. Um and then uh you need a receiver who steps up in that moment too. And Samari Toure is the intended target, and maybe he doesn't catch that ball. But maybe the best thing that he could do is is become a defender and, um, you know, prevent the interception. And then you live to see another day and you can potentially still well, you can definitely still score, um, even if it's a field goal on on that on that that overtime drive. 
and and you put your defense out on the field and remember how they played that whole second half. So that little play right there, you know, Adrian's going to take all the blame. He threw the pick, but it's not all on him. Uh, there's 11 guys out there and they've all got a job to do. And you, you know, we, we, we give the quarterback too much credit and too much blame in these spots. And I think that's a little bit of what we're doing. Uh, you know what I'm doing Absolutely. with me Adrian too. here in this discussion. Me, me too. Me too. What, what do you think Martinez what do you think happens next year with him? Do you think he comes back? Does he try to dip his toe in the NFL waters? Does he maybe even think about dipping his toe in the transfer portal? What do you? What's your gut tell you on on what happens with him? I mean, you, you could put the CFL in the equation too. <laughs> True. Um, I mean, really, <laughs> yeah. like you, you know, if you're he, he's kind of well suited for that game. He is for the for the wider field and the, or the wider hashes and and you know running quarterback and um, I mean, he's old enough that it's. And he's and remember Adrian graduated. Uh, it, it'll be a year in May, so he would be in school for a third semester as a graduate uh, if if he were to, were to come back next fall. Not to mention the you know the the two summers. Um, I mean maybe it would have a little bit also to do with the decisions of some of the other guys in his class, mm-hmm. like an Austin Allen or a Damian Daniels or a Cam Taylor Britt. And, and, you know, I feel like those three guys all have opportunities to play at, in the NFL um, where Adrian doesn't have as much of a chance um, to, to make it in the NFL. You know, could he be a, um, a backup quarterback? I mean, there are, there are far less talented guys in the NFL who, who are. Um, so maybe it just doesn't uh, something about it. It just doesn't seem like uh, it's, it's, all that likely. Um, I don't, I don't see him getting drafted. Um, but you know, he has some intangibles for sure. I think that could help a team. Um, all that said, um, I, I guess I put it into the equation and mix it up and don't forget about name, image, and likeness yeah. as a factor in this too, which has never been a factor in, in, in a year of evaluating these kinds of things. Even a year ago, when you looked at like Cam Taylor Britt, for instance, and his decision to come back this season, um, you know, you could say, oh, this guy's going to make some money on on NIL if he comes back for his his uh, his his fourth year. Um, and, you know, but, but that that legislation didn't even go into effect or those those rules didn't even go into effect until July 1st. So um, you were you know, you were six months away from that when, when we even had the discussion this year. You can have that discussion. And you can say, you know, Martinez, maybe he's repping, you know, Pepsi next next mm-hmm. season or something like that. Um, and maybe he's making like, you know, six figures as a, as a college quarterback coming back. Maybe he's making that right now. I don't know what his, I don't either. You know, what right. his, what his deal is with the, with the uh, deodorant company. Um, but yeah, he, he'd have an opportunity to, to maybe make more money as a, as a quarterback in Nebraska than he would in, in doing what, whatever he would do if, you know, he moves on with, with his life. Um, but, uh, you know, I, st- I still, I still don't know. I still think that there's, there's probably a better chance than not that you know he's not like a, a fifth year starter that's right. just that's just uh it's just not real common I don't I don't necessarily agree with this school of thought but there are some people that think that it would be best for everybody if there was just a new a new presence at quarterback do you how do you see that for next season well I mean if this I think that's just, that that's still to be determined over these last four games right um if they go in the in the tank and it is three and nine or four and eight and I don't there's not much whole, a whole lot of difference there um I can understand the argument. Uh-huh. Um, I still look at Adrian and say, "Go show me who's going to be who's going to be better than him, who's right. going to be more talented than him." I mean, you can find you can probably show me somebody who you think is more clutch than him, but um, are they are they a better player? Uh, do they do they run it better? Do they throw it better? Do they lead the team better? Um, not not 
not anybody that I see. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, if I had this conversation uh, eight days ago before the Minnesota game, and, I, and in fact, I answered a question about it in my mailbag on the athletic that right. came out on the, on the Friday before that game. And my answer was something to the effect of Scott Frost will absolutely want Adrian Martinez back as his quarterback next year. Let's just, let's just forget that is even asked. And then you see Adrian struggle against Minnesota and, and, and look, he wasn't, he wasn't healthy in some ways. Maybe it wasn't fair to have him playing in that game, but that's right. been the situation with Adrian often in his career. He's had to go out there and, you know, have this injury that's undisclosed before the game, which is probably best for his safety sure. and, um, and perform when he's not himself, when he's not, at his best and the kind of the kind of quarterback that he is the way that he plays the game he needs to be pretty close to, you know maybe not 100 percent, but he wasn't i don't think he was anywhere close to 100 percent at minnesota or you would have seen at least a couple of of plays that were designed for him to to get out and and, and run the ball um they didn't do any of that really a couple option plays but you know those were i think intended for him to pitch it um yeah he wasn't he wasn't uh he wasn't healthy so it's no. it's uh it's not fair to him to, to change the the narrative of the discussion about his future based on the way that he played in, um, you know, in one game where he was hurt. Got to take a quick break from the podcast to talk to you guys about bet us because sports betting season, it's in full force right now. NBA just kicked off NFL full swing, college football, full swing. You got the major league baseball playoffs in full swing and bet us is the place to be. They got loads of bonuses. They got every single bet you could imagine player props, future bets. They got NFL odds updated daily college football, NBA. They even got the UFC matches, any sort of golf online casino, anything you can imagine. Bet us has you covered. Special promo code for you guys to take advantage of. You go use my promo code Nick Baugh, N-I-C-K-B-A-H-E, all one word. You're going to receive 125% signing bonus by just using the promo code, again, Nick Baugh, N-I-C-K-B-A-H-E. Go to BetUS.com, sign up for an account today, use the promo code you can follow my lead, get on your phone, get it on your computer, and get your bet US bet game right, just like I do. Bet US, you bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US. And that's what's so funny about all this stuff is like I it's I sometimes really it's it's hard to not ride that wave of of overreacting to the last game, you know, and and so because sometimes I, the way I think about how I felt heading into that Minnesota game, I really felt confident Nebraska was going to go play well, beat Minnesota, and they were going to have a I mean whatever momentum you can have being whatever they would have be three, four and four or whatever four and four four yeah. and four. So I, you know, it's kind of the same. You're never as good or as bad as you think you are. They're still that same team that almost beat Michigan and and blasted Northwestern. So I don't know. I mean, it's maybe they're maybe they're not as far away as I I think they are. But there's we always kind of come back to that, like we did at the start of the season. I guess what what's your prediction for these final four games, Mitch? Like when you when you take it all into consideration, what's your gut tell you on what happens in these final four games? Well, um, before the Northwestern game, remember uh, Scott Frost made a comment about breaking this down for his team into three two-game seasons. Yep. Um, 
actually it was it was after the Northwestern game. It was before before Michigan. So it was Michigan and Minnesota as one game. Um, and then it was Purdue and Ohio State as a game and, and Iowa or Wisconsin and Iowa as a game because there were there were buys between each of these, you know, mini seasons. And um, so Nebraska won 0-2 in the first uh, in the first of these three seasons. Um, I think there's an opportunity there for much like the, the, the trajectory of the entire seasons, the, the word of this of this uh, episode is trajectory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, not intended, but no. uh, um there's an opportunity there for like Nebraska has done, you know, from weeks zero through seven to get better with each one of these little seasons. And, you know, that, that involves winning a game in, in the middle one beating Purdue um, would be the most likely path to go one and one against Purdue and Ohio state. And then, and then you get put in a spot where you've got to beat Wisconsin and Iowa. And I think it probably seems laughable to some some people you know if you're if you're down on scott frost if you're down on this program if you don't think that that you know it's ever going to work or it's going to work this season you're going to look at at going to wisconsin and iowa and then having iowa at home on black friday and saying yeah they got no chance to go two and oh in that in that mini season um you know scott frost has obviously not beaten either of those teams could it happen this year could this be the year? Could that be the redeeming uh, stretch to 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 erase from the the collective mindset of Nebraska fans what happened against Illinois and Minnesota? I mean, if you're going to lose to Illinois and Minnesota, and and your your repayment for that uh, is <laughs> yeah. to is to beat Wisconsin and Iowa to end yeah. the season, I, hey, Nebraska fans are taking that, especially yeah, since totally. it's at the end, and it would get you to six and six with a win against Purdue. Do I think that's going to happen? No. Is it out of the realm of possibility? No. Because neither one of those teams, Iowa is not the second ranked team in the country, as the second best team in the country, as it's ranked and said before it played Purdue. Um, neither one of those teams is 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 uh, is untouchable. Um, Wisconsin doesn't throw the ball. No. I mean, and Nebraska has a pretty good, pretty decent run defense. Yeah. I think Nebraska's defense, defensive front seven, can stack up to what Wisconsin's got with its third and fourth running backs. They look good yesterday against Purdue running the ball, but that's Purdue. And I don't think that's Purdue's strength necessarily is stopping the run, though it did it well against Iowa the week before. Iowa has a bad offense. So there you go. There's a discussion about Iowa. Right. You win, you somehow pull out a win in Madison, come home. It can happen. It's not, I mean, if it, if it can't happen, then what are you even doing going out to practice on Monday? It can happen for this team. I, I'm not predicting it, but I, you know, I, if I am predicting it, I'm saying they're going to end up with four or five wins, but could they win six? Sure. Yeah, it's amazing the the spectrum of like how this whole thing could unfold is is about as wide as it can get, and that's what makes it really, really interesting to track here. What the this last these last four games could end up being. Mitch Sherman of the Athletic. Make sure you subscribe to the Athletic. Mitch does a great job, uh, as does everybody at the Athletic. It's just a it's it's well worth the money, everybody. Mitch, you know I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Always good to talk to you. Thanks, Nick. A Huda Media Production.